Okay, good afternoon everyone. It is I, your host of the Nigerian Sports Fan Podcast. And um football is out basically because we're fighting because humanity is fighting a global a common enemy right now. So we've put our defenses aside to fight a common enemy. So there's no football, there's nothing going on. Except some maybe some essentials, but nothing is going on in the world right now because humanity has stood still to fight a common enemy, an unseen enemy rather, a micro enemy. It's a virus, the coronavirus. But this is not a medical podcast. It's basically about football. So, um, I mean, you're going to understand that getting football content will be difficult, basically, because it will not be as you know as it was, because there's no f- constant football weekly, on a weekly basis. Last weekend, you know, and I've been talking about, in my last two episodes, if you followed me, I've been talking about other stuff, you know, like teams below the league table. So... And I'm an endurance sports fan, right? And I said, okay, I'm an enjoying I'm a sports fan. I said, okay, why don't I talk about... On Sunday, I, I put it on my WhatsApp and I said, okay, why don't I talk about, you know, half of... The, the first half of the podcast, maybe football, the second half movies. But I thought about it, this, this is really for football. I mean, there could be other... Or, I mean, I don't really like mixing up my... Because I, I, I don't like mixing up my content. My football content will be one. Then my um, football... my um, my um, entertainment content, football and entertainment too, but my others, let's say others, the content are very different. So I've had a political content before, in one of my old episodes, I've had a political content. I've had a political content, and I covered that, that was months ago, around November. So um, once in a while, I normally talk about that, depending on how I'm feeling, but so most of the time, it's basically for football. So um, so I will be talking about, so this is going to be a football only, and I remember, oh, there's a Nigerian national team, and I googled YouTube, I went, sorry, I went on YouTube, and I searched for Finiti George, because I was just, I just felt like watching some of his highlights, because, I mean, he was the best winger in the world, as they said at the time, and I googled, and I found out, oh, wow, yes, he plays for Ajax, right, and I saw um, a video where they said, oh, the Nigerian national team from 94, 2002, and I saw the best, and I said, oh, why don't I talk about Nigerian national team, right, in the best years, in his in her peak years, because that was literally the peak year of Nigerian football, ninety four two thousand and two, and that those peak years brought us um, a nations cup, two um, two world cup, um, yeah, I think ninety four ninety, yeah, two world cup um, round of sixteen appearances, um, a final appearance in um, two thousand in two thousand um, nations cup final, and um, then two thousand and two, although we crashed out in the group stage in the world cup, but. You get the idea. It was really a successful period for Nigerian for the Nigerian national team. So now the I'll be talking about ninety four. So I'm talking about Nigeria's year ninety four, and I went to ninety. I will talk about it in ninety six. I will talk about it in ninety eight. I will talk about it in ninety in two thousand. I'll talk about it in two thousand and two because ninety five there was really no football action. Ninety seven no football action. And so um two thousand and one there was really no football action. Probably the Olympics. Olympics. Then um, 96 was the Olympics, so 2000 was the Olympics, 2001 there's no football action, just basically the Confederations Cup, but you get the idea, right? Okay, so um, I'm talking about the Nations Cup first, and I actually did some research, I mean, but most, I'm a huge fan of football, and I really like, you know, going back, I'm quite nostalgic sometimes, even though I didn't live in those era- eras. So um, I have this feeling of nostalgia, even though I didn't really live in that time, I just have this feeling of nostalgia sometimes. So, the World Cup, right? The Nations Cup, right? I'm talking about the Nations Cup first, and I'll talk about the World Cup um, run in the second half of it. I'm going to talk about I'm talking about the tactics, the formations we played, the kind of players we had at the time, and what 
what if the achievements we got at the time if it i would say if we, we actually were able to um let me just go in let me just go in you know all these ramblings so 94 nations cup right it was played in tunisia and that was the one we won that was like the start of a wonderful year for nigeria in 94. in 94 nigeria oh before i go on this episode i'll be talking about 94 i won't be talking about the next episode i'll talk about 96 but this episode i'll talk about 94 in this part one episode so um so in 94 we had the nations cup in 94 in tunisia and we played against Zambia. We won in the final against Zambia 2-1. Now, that was now the Zambia national team, right? They came with the player. The players they came with were not really their main guys, basically, because they are real guys. They are real wonderful. They are real fantastic class team. They are real team who probably would have given Nigeria a run for for her money in that final. I mean, this one still did well because Nigeria won 2-1, narrowly won 2-1. But you know. If that team that unfortunately died in '93, um, the plane crash in '93, if those ones probably they hadn't died, unfortunately, maybe the result would have turned out differently, or they would have been the one at the World Cup in '94 World Cup instead. But you never know. But it would have been a fantastic team also because that Zambian team was really really fantastic, and unfortunately they died. I don't really know much of the history of Zambia like that. I don't really I didn't really go in depth. I basically, talk about Nigeria a lot. So in '94 World Cup. So in the run to the final, Zambia still put up a good performance, a good showing in that Nations Cup, despite the fact that they literally had a weakened team. And it shows how quality they were in the 90s, how much quality they had in the 90s as a team. So you had Nigeria, right? Played Gabon, played Egypt in the group stage. And we won 3-0 against Gabon. We drew 0-0 against Egypt. At the time in the Nations Cup, that was just, it wasn't 24 teams. Was it? It's only twenty-four teams. There wasn't round of sixteen. There was just a cut. You mean? Oh, sorry. There was, it was sixteen teams at the time, and um, you win group stage, quarterfinals, semi-finals, finals. So it was a very short run to the final. So you've got in the group stage, we beat Gabon, and we drew against Egypt, four points qualified. Um, um, against in the quarterfinals, we played against Zaire. Zaire is currently the the new the DRC. I think it's the DRC. Yeah, I think which are the Congo is DRC. Is it Congo King? I think it's Congo Kinshasa that was there. Now they're not the Congo DRC, Congo Kinshasa. I can't, I normally mix up both names. One is Belgian, one is France. Well, anyway. So in semi-finals, played against Ivory Coast. And we drew 2-2. But one on penalty shootout. And then now we're in the final, right? Now in this in this in this um um team, in this squad, the squad we had going into that tournament. We had the likes of um, we had this we had Peter Rufai, we had Uche, we had Uche Okafo, we had Benny Roa, we had Austin Aguavon, we had Aminike, we had Okocha, we had Olise, we had Finidi George, we had Amokachi, and we had Rashidi Yakini. So it was a really really star-studded team at the time. Then um, Zambia had Zambia had to play so they, they against Sierra Leone they drew new new. It was quite similar to Nigeria because both teams had four points coming out of the group stage. And against Senegal they won one new in the semi in the quarterfinals. In the semifinals they put four past Mali. That was no joke. Trust me, fam, no joke. And the final, obviously Nigeria won two one. And I'll tell you what, yeah, I didn't really watch the game. And I'm not old enough to even remember how the game because <laughs> I was born in '97. I wasn't born. I was born three years after this match, after this game. Yeah, three years and some months after this game. So I, I, didn't, I wasn't even old enough to even remember what happened. But I'm just going going through it. And at the time, I'm, I'm going to look at the formation and Nigeria playing that final. I'm seeing something like this, right? I'm seeing the back four, right? 
the goalkeeper, I'm saying the back for a right back Uche, the centre back Uche Okafor, the centre back Benira, and the other left back, also Negavon. Now, this is quite different because in, in, think in the World Cup against Italy, in, in the round of 16 against Italy, Egavon played a right back, and left back was played by Menalu. But I'll talk about the World Cup eventually. Then um, it was a back four. Then I'm seeing a, a midfield three of Aminike, Okocha, Olise. And I'm seeing a front three of Finiti George, Amokachi, and Yashashi Yakini. Now, the questions I have here is I'm suspecting because Amokachi and Yashashi Yakini, Yashashi Yakini is known as a striker, not really a left winger. Amokachi is, is more of the one who does the drifting and drifting and like the second striker. So I'm quite, I'm a little bit confused on what formation, on what position, if. And I really love to watch that match, but I don't know, man, if I <laughs> if I would see such tapes. But um, then eventually I had to make substitution. See, I came on, recover body came on, but that's it basically. So we won that Nations Cup 2-1. That was the start of the fantastic year for for Nigeria in '94. Then fast forward to the '94 World Cup. Now going to the World Cup. Wow, what a fantastic experience! Oh, everybody's looking forward to the World Cup, right? We're looking forward to the World Cup. Now in that World Cup, we came with the squad, right? We came prepared because you know the hype of the win of the Nations Cup was already in the squad, so confidence was high. And now we're in a group with Bulgaria, Argentina, and um, Greece. Now obviously anybody who would see because Bulgaria has Stoikov at the time, Argentina had Maradona, they had so Greece were probably the only other team that were quite a little bit of an underdog. The other underdog. So I'm sure many pundits might be projecting. Oh. Who's gonna qualify in this group? Oh, I think in this group, I think it was Group C. I think Group C. Oh, you'll probably be thinking um, it's going to be Bulgaria and Argentina, and I'm not gonna blame them, because these other teams already had pedigree in the World Cup. They already had World Cup history, and the first game is Bulgaria. We put three past Bulgaria, and I was watching a documentary by not a documentary, but an interview, and Stoikov was talking. Stoikov, he was the top scorer in that tournament. Stoikov was talking about Christo Stoikov. He was talking about how. Nigeria overwhelmed them. Nigeria was fantastic against them. They could not believe their eyes because they pays the power. And I watched um, Ulisse. Ulisse was talking in an interview. He said that the transition from defense to attack by Nigeria was like was quite amazing, especially at the time. And the teams and Finney just talked about the team spirit that Nigeria had at also at that time. Um. Then um, let's talk about the squad we had. We had Peter Rufai. As a goalkeeper, while Austin Egwavon, we had Benedict Roa, we had, um, excuse me, we had Stephen Keshi, Stephen Keshi, we had Luchi Okechuku, we had Chedi Nwanu, we had Finiti George, we had um, Thompson Oliha, we had Rashid Yakini, we had Okocha, Okocha, Jeju Okocha, we had Emmanuel Amunike, we had Samson Siasia, we had Emeka Izugu, we had Daniel Mokachi, we had Sunday Olise, we had Aloysius Agu, you know, there are, there are many unknowns in this team that we never really knew that even came on the pitch. We had Vitor Ekweba, we had Efanikoku. Efanikoku was not at Norwich at that time. I knew, I knew Efanikoku because he's normally on the Premier League. When Premier League talk, the Premier League, the English Premier League, talk about players of the time, they might play his replays. I've seen him play for, I knew he was playing for Norwich back in the 90s when Norwich were battling for, they were even chasing the league title at the time. They had Emenalo. Many Chelsea fans will remember Emenalo. If you're a Chelsea fan, you should know Emenalo. I think he was a sporting director at the time in Chelsea some years ago. Michael Emenalo. I'm sure many Chelsea fans should remember him by now. They had Uchi Okafor, we had Mutio Adepoju, we had Wilfred, another goalkeeper, Wilfred Agbonaware. Zorobo, obviously. Zorobo. <laughs> now, what I saw about the 94 squad was they didn't really care about age, it was more about quality first. 
they didn't care about who's older and who isn't older. These were these are problems that have plagued Nigerian national team in my opinion over the years. Age, favoritism. At the time, football in football in the time wasn't really considered a way to make money. It wasn't really considered in money. Is I I I would say money sports football because you had people wanting to take bribes for people to get to the next stage. You had people who, <coughs> excuse me, in my opinion, having to pay to literally get there now because people people because it it turned into a profitable sport. It was just a sport for the lower slash middle class. You know they just played, and when the rich saw that oh finally there's money here, let's come in, and they came in and became damaged because. You you had them this national team they they all played for spirit they all they all had the ta- they had the talent and they had the spirit to go with it so you had I think I think probably our naivety the naivety of Nigerian national team probably cost us in that in that ninety four tournament but it was understandable because it was the first time then I think ninety four after ninety four the it just like we got to ninety four as a peak then we started declining gradually because the quality of the favoritism started to come in because I even heard I'll talk about two thousand two eventually. You heard um I heard um I was watching an interview to Finiti Josh talking about how favorite they didn't let him go. He didn't, they didn't let him go, um, get on the plane. He wasn't listed on the squad to go to the 2002 World Cup in South Korea slash Japan. Cause obviously favoritism not not favoritism per se, but like they had an argument about bonuses the previous tournament in, in the previous um Nations Cup that they lost to Cameroon in the final. But I'll talk about all of that when I get to a part three of this my series. So you're looking at this team where they had now. I look at that team, right? You're looking at nobody cares. You're looking at a team that came in. Nobody cared about your quality. Everybody comes in as they are. And the team we went in in that time, we had Rafai, we had Eguavon, we had Unwanu, Unwanu. I'm having difficulty pronouncing that name. We had Okechuku. I can pronounce that one. We had Emenalo, Emenalo, Emenalo. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Then we had Olise. Then we had Okocha. We had Finiti George, we had Aminike. These these guys were flanked flanked on both wings. Finiti George on the right. Finiti George was a right winger at the time. Played for Ajax, Champions League with Ajax in '95. You had Amokachi up front. Amokachi and Yekini up front. Now check this out. We had a solid bench. It's not about just starting the team. We had a solid bench, man. And you know what's even mad? The mad thing of all was that Okocha and Olise. Olise was 20. Sorry, I think it was 19. Okocha was 20. Yeah, Okocha was 20, Olisa was 19. Do you know how, like, imagine how, and he was in a standard age at the time. He was 19, Okocha was 20. Now, nowadays, it says a lot about how Nigerian national team was quite quickly, it was quite fast to get to the top there. Back in because there was nobody, nobody really cared about me. Everybody wanted to work in the oil companies. I'm Nigerian, I know first time what I'm talking about. Everybody wants to work in the oil companies because at the time in the 90s, so the oil companies that were involved, the Shell, the Chevrons, oil business was still moving. I grew up in Worry. In Worry, there was, it was literally the thing, the in thing. So nobody wanted to play. Nobody cared about playing football. So playing football for the national team wasn't really difficult. Money started coming into football like in the in the early noughties and and late noughties, and and early tens. That's when money started coming into football because money wasn't even in football in the nineties as much as it was. So it was like considered a career for misfits. For um, so that's why you could see a 19 year old playing the national team, and Okocha was fantastic, also. Now, when you have these guys in midfield, nobody was because now this imagine somebody imagine we going to a national to the world cup, right? We have a 20 year old and a 19 year old in midfield. What do you think the pundits will say? 
Oh, how old are they? The age. They are not old enough. They are not good. They, are old. they don't have enough experience. They come up and start saying, roll on the veterans. Bring on the veterans for experience. I'm, I'm like, and football says if you're old enough, you're good enough. That has really been... So we had a really young team, right? At that World Cup. Probably the oldest in the squad, in the goalkeeper. In that certain level that I mentioned, probably the oldest must have been um, Rufai. 30 years old. The rest were in their 20s. So... They had enough energy to play and I watched some of the highlights of this team, right? These guys, the transition from defense to attack was very easy because Olisa was a very good defensive midfielder and Okocha was skillful. Now Olisa was dropping a little, playing a little bit deeper than Okocha. It's a midfield um, duo, right? But Olisa dropped a little bit deeper and Okocha was a little bit forward. So it was like a front, even a front five attacking and just like a back, a, a back five defending because Ulisse was doing all the defensive job, right? He was running from right to left, covering everywhere. <laughs> he, was covering, he was covering everywhere. The defense, the attack, he was covering the right wing, the left wing. He was just covering everywhere. In terms of defending, he was moving. Now, I'm sure Okoja must have tried to help him to help him to at one point. I saw where Nigeria, I, and I saw one of the highlights where Nigeria really pressed high up the pitch, won the ball up, won the ball high up the pitch, right? And the chance came and they scored. Now, I like that style of play a lot because this is what the Barcelonas do. This is what So, these things are not really new in football. Nigeria used to do it. But the thing is, do they have the energy to do it? Now, when I watch Nigeria national team play these days, they pass and pass and pass and pass. Ah, when last have you seen them press high, like with the fitness levels? Because, this, I mean, because you, you have to probably to press, you need to have a young team, right? If you press high, to press high, to create chances, to be able to run around for 90 minutes, you need to be young. You have to have youthful lungs. These guys had it at the time and they could do it. Man, my I I just get disappointed every time when I look back at the nineties and you just you just know that it's just it's just how Nigerian national team are just falling. So um back to the point. Um, this was a little bit of rant. So we had so we put um three past Greece, three past Bulgaria. Sorry, three past Bulgaria in the first game. The second game against um. Um, um, Argentina. Now we had Maradona Argentina. Now we scored first. I think we probably would have won that game. Should have won that game, rather, if we had done a little bit more work. But we should have done better to win that game. So we won that. We we drew. We lost against Argentina two one. I think in the last game, Argentina went on to lose to Bulgaria two 0 because they had without Maradona. Maradona failed the drugs test. He failed the drugs test. And at this time of the World Cup, three teams could qualify from the group stage. Three teams could qualify. Sorry, I made a mistake in the first part. Three teams qualify and Greece went home with zero points because they were the whooping boys of the team. <laughs> Greece were the whooping boys of the team. And Nigeria topped the group. Argentina, Greece, Bulgaria. Sorry, Argentina, Bulgaria and, and Nigeria had three points, six points each. They all won two games and lost one each. Now, of all of all those teams that came out of the group, the most successful of all of them was Bulgaria. Bulgaria got to the semi-finals. They knocked out Germany. In the in the in the quarterfinals, striker quite a freaky. But this is not about Bulgaria. This is about Nigeria. I'm looking at Nigeria's run. And when we went to the round of 16, we went out to Italy. Italy won two one. Now, you could say that um, if you look at the, the teams that we the, the Bulgaria had a run right. Bulgaria faced the easier of all, easier team of the easier one right. Who did they face? I can't remember. I think it was was it Sweden or something. I can't remember the team they faced. But they faced a much easier team. Now, if you check out the next group, so they faced Mexico. And that is mad. Like, think about it, right? We faced 
um, <laughs> Italy. Italy were third. We were top of the, we were top in that table, right? Italy were third. We lost to Italy. Italy came third in that group stage. In that group, to Norway. That was like the group of death at the time. They came third in a group of in a group with Republic of Ireland, Mexico. Mexico topped the group. And these teams, they all had four points. Norway went home. They were the only ones that went home. It was decided on goal difference. Wow. <laughs> That's a mad group. <laughs> wow. You're looking at Mexico. Mexico, right, had three goals, three points, three goals scored, three goals conceded. Puerto Rico had two goals, two goals conceded. Italy had two goals scored, two goals conceded. Wow. That was a really, really, that was a really tough group. So, um, Norway went home because of, even though they considered the least goals, they went home goal difference. Yeah, um, I looked at Argentina, right? We lost to this, and that was the end of our World Cup tournament. The sad truth is, I don't really know, man, because we could say maybe we had inexperience, inexperience, probably because we, we, at the time, we just did not have enough to to see out games in that time. But what I observed was that we had a team that we could come off the bench, we could bring on strikers, could bring people off the bench. It's not something you can say about the team nowadays. And that team was more complete. Because you had a solid defense. You had a solid midfield. You have good wingers. And you have strikers. Nowadays, our teams we have, they are not really complete. We've had, we have, we've had maybe one okay center. We've not had a good centre-back. Who was the last quality centre-back we've had? We've not had anyone anymore. We've not had... We've, we've, not, had, we've not had any good centre-back. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna call Joseph Yobo. Yobo isn't good enough. Let's let's not be sentimental here. He's not good. It's not as good as we think he is, in my opinion. He was an okay centre back. He wasn't world class. He was okay. Um, he was an okay centre back, right? I'm mean, not saying he wasn't good, but he was an okay centre back. He could do the job. I think that was okay. But um, that being said, I look I look at our national team then, and ah oh God, it was really sad and disappointing, cause it was more complete. Nowadays, we have maybe the only quality player I could say that we have right now in our national team will be Undidi. Undidi is probably the only quality player. And guess what? He's a defensive midfielder. He's the only one, probably as good as Olise. He's probably the only one that I would say that probably as good as Olise. You know, over the years, we've only, we've only been, sh- been shots in one position or the other. We've had Mikel. Mikel was, sorry, as good as Mikel too. We've had Mikel at one point. Mikel dropped. Now we have other positions where the players are just not good enough. It's the defenders are not good enough. The wingers are not good enough. They're just okay, okay there. Like, you've not had a complete starting eleven like that team that could press, that could run, that could create, that could take long rangers, finish the job with a long range, long range, long range merchants. I'm not, I don't want to say merchants. Right? It sounds a little bit, it sounds a little bit condescending, but not really, I'm not saying it in that context, but with a long range, it's called long rangers, it's called chips. He likes scoring chips at times. It's chipping the ball by the keeper. There was really like his trademarks. I think that's a better language to use. Trademarks, the chipping and long rangers. Okocha was doing that too, skillful, creating from deep, and they could run on both sides. You had pace in that time. You had the you had um, Yakini, you had Yakini with pace. You had Amogachi with pace. You had um, Finish George with pace. And Westall, Westall was able to bring the best out of these players I had at the time. I'm, I'm sure you probably couldn't believe his luck with the quality that these guys had at the time. Will we ever see a team as good as that '94 squad? I doubt. I really, really doubt. Because I feel like everybody has a golden generation, right? Every team has a golden generation. And it's like a cycle. It goes round and round and round and round. Now, will you, will you see a team as good as... Like, the, like Belgium, for example. Belgium had a golden generation, right? They're aging already. 
They've not won anything with that current generation. It's sad, but it's like there's a time for every team to have their current generation where they just have this period where they just have all world-class players at this time. They come together. Now, it's your time to win something. It probably lasts like five years and you have to win something with it. I'll tell you teams that have had their current generation. The only teams that probably probably do not have problem with going generation is probably Brazil because these guys, they produce footballers in their... <laughs> Everybody's born with a football on their leg. So it's very hard for you to say Brazil, but you've still had they've still had some players that are probably better, some generations that are probably better than some others. You've had the one of the 1970s squad that won the World Cup. Um, you had Alberto, you had many of those players. Then you've had um, you've had their you could probably say that about all their World Cup teams. You could probably say that about all their World Cup squads, right? Now you've if you go to 2002, they had Ronaldo, Ronaldinho, they had Rivaldo. So, Brazil have always had that, right? Now, if you go to Norway, Norway had their going generation. Or let's say they are golden years, not their going generation, but in the 90s they were good. Republic of Ireland too, they had their golden years. But maybe not, I won't really call it going generation because they were not really all world class. They were just okay at the time. If you go to, um, so I was saying, Belgium had going generation recently. You had, um, you have um, these people had, having a going generation. Um, was it, this team is escaping my head right now. Um, not Sweden, no. Um, oh god, it's escaping me. England had theirs, England, but they didn't win anything with it. That's England, too. You've had you, you have this this going generation, also. Um, oh god, why am I forgetting these guys? Come on, I had this item on my finger. Um, oh my goodness, I'll remember it eventually. Like over the Spain, yeah, Spain. Now, Spain were one of the teams that I would say probably made use of their generation properly. 28, 2008, 2012. That was their year. And they made sure they won every single thing in sight. In sight. These guys won everything. Confederations Cup. Um, World Cup. No, I don't, I don't even want Confederations Cup, though. But I think the World Cup. The Euros. Virtually everything in sight, though. Euros. But that was, like, probably one of the best going generation I've ever seen in my, life, in my, in my, in my lifetime. Because, I mean, I'm 22 years old, so I've not seen any as good as that. France had theirs. France still have it, right? They have so France have had two going generations right now. They had one in, in the ninety, like ninety eight to two thousand to the thousands, right? Now they have another one now. This is France right now. They have another going generation now, and they won the World Cup already. So Nigeria now, why I think it's very difficult for us to have a going generation is for obvious reasons, administrative problem. Clearly, administrative problem. You don't you don't win a World Cup by 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 gathering players in the very last minute and just come, there's a plan and it's there's a plan to win things. This is not the, this is not like the 1950s or the 60s where you can just bring players together and just start scoring goals. It doesn't work like that. Even at the time, people had to plan too, and they were the ones that ended up winning. And when the winners win, people people who win win, they go and they study them. As oh, I like I think I like to adopt this method, which is what they did in those years. It's not really something that you would say started today. Started. Don't want to say that's, 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 it's not something that really started today. So, Germany won 2014 World Cup, but they had been planning since 2000. They ripped up, they found out that, oh, we didn't, they didn't qualify for anything. They didn't qualify for the, I don't think they for, they didn't qualify for the, um, for, for the Euros. They didn't qualify for some tournaments. And what they did was, they went back, ripped everything up, started again. They built their team again from the scratch to produce technical players. Before, Germany were hoofing the ball up. They had two strong strikers. They had Klinsmann and they had Hola. Vola, sorry, Rudy Vola. They had Vola and they had um, Matthias, Matthias in the midfield. They had players, right? 
but they, their style of play wasn't the, the one we see today where they flare, they pass the players. They had they have Gnabry now, they had Draxler, they have um, Royce, they have this. These are the kind of players that Germany had at the time. They have Havertz now, Havertz, Kai Havertz. These are the kind of players Germany were producing. So they plan, they change it. Now, why I think Nigeria can't do that? It's clear. I'm not sure problem. I'm Nigerian. I see this in my eyes every day. I know very well. You know how many talents have been wasted over the years because because of administrative problem. Every year bonuses, every year bonuses. And even even at the time, the only foreign player that Nigeria were begging to come play for them was Ifan. I wouldn't say begging though, but Ifan Koko was the only one. He declared for us that he had 20 caps. But he was the only one born in England that came to play for Nigeria. Now we're literally hawking ourselves and begging everybody to come play for us nowadays. It's it's amazing and mad that we do that, we beg, 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 they don't play for us. And Nigerian fans get angry and start hauling abuses at them, which is dumb. Because if I was, even, if I was a footballer, I wouldn't even play for Nigeria too. Because if I see the, these conditions, I'm sorry, I'm the footballer. Football is a very short career. I need to make as much money as I can. I need to be in the best position, condition possible as I can. For those few years, 17, 20 years I'll be playing. And after those years, take as much as I can from it and get out. That's football. It's work. It's... <sighs> I don't know, man, but I, I don't I don't think I don't think we can produce a good generation in my lifetime anymore. I don't think we can. But the way we're going now, football is in a very very terrible situation right now. Um, okay, fine, we've had some good players, but still, there's still not enough. We don't have quality wingers. The wingers we have, the end product is not good. In the end product is still a problem. They run and dribble and dribble and dribble. End product is one thing. Samachiku is there. I think he has to work on his end product. I really, I really, I'm a huge fan of his. His end product is is the key end product. You have um, that's the winger we have. Then we've had um, this guy also up front. Well, we've seen him also, but I think Nigeria is not playing to his strengths. Nigeria is not playing to his strengths. They are not. I've seen him at Lille. The kind of striker he is, he's not the striker to play the ball to hold the ball. He's not like Higalu. He's not like Higalu where you hold the ball. He holds the ball up, hold up, link up play. Osime is a counter-attacking striker where he doesn't hold the ball. It's very much like Tammy Abraham. I think they're probably very similar. Counter-attack, press high, you know, make runs. He makes intelligent runs, right? He makes runs and scores. That's, that is Osime's style of play. He plays on the shoulder of the defender, right? I've seen him at Lille. I've seen his highlights at Lille. I've seen him play at Lille. His highlights. He's not the kind of striker that they're using him to do, right? Using him for in the national team. And that is disappointing that the coordinator is And... Probably I don't blame the coach. Maybe because that's what he knows how to do. You mean you 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 are only as good as what you know how to do, man. The coach only knows how to play like that, and probably that's the problem. And it's unfortunate. But similar, we have to solve for it. I like us to play four three three flat four three three, right? Two crazy on the right. Osimhen up front. Um, on the left maybe um Kalu. Yeah, I think he plays at Nantes. I think he plays at Nantes. Nantes now. I think I, I, I think he comes play. Play him on the left. That's the front three. Midfield trio did the at the heart of the at the heart of the defensive midfield. Flanked by two central midfielders. That's it. I can't remember the central midfielders that we have that are actually quality in my opinion. Because I don't know. But we've got to try and get some if we can get some. Then the mid the back four. We've got a back four. Two centre backs. Who are even the centre back? You see, that's the problem we have right now. Like, which players can you say are the actual centre back? Are the quality ones that can come in and step in that are probably as good as these 90s, these teams? No one. Sorry, man. But it's just the way it is, man. So um, it's the end of my episode today, and please share. I'm going to be sharing my links on my WhatsApp status. So if you can share it for me, probably listen to listen and give. Probably I'd like some feedbacks too. Um, 
then obviously you want to if if after listening you are upset you want to call in you want to talk about it no problem you're like i disagree with you man no problem share your opinions with me so that's not so till next week i'll be talking about the 98 the year of 96 that was the year of our olympics and i'll probably sh- i'll probably i'll probably because of the because of maybe let's see i'll talk about it in 96 year in the next week next week so till then thanks for listening